0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله اللهم وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم صدري ويسر امري من لساني and make it a means of our, our guidance and may
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to hear that which is of most importance for all of us um, and may he make what we hear uh, enable us to practice on that and share with others let us all sit close together please inshallah <coughs> and the sisters as well
0: um, The last ayah where well, we left off last week, ayah number 79, thus the Firaun has led his people astray and did not guide them.
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ended the story uh, that we just read so far with this ayah. And one thing I wanted to mention here is that a person should not think, okay, first of all, sh- shaitan he Misleads people, but on the day of judgment, he's going to make it very clear that he was not the one who actually forced people to be misled. He simply invited people and they decided to take him upon his offer. So, no one should understand that from this ayah here هدا, that no one should misunderstand this to say that Firaun was the actual cause of people mis- being misled. Instead, the purpose of this is, for us to understand the Fir'aun used to say that I am inviting you towards your success. I'm inviting you towards a path that is far superior to the path of Musa salam. And Musa what he's inviting you towards is, is to take away your freedoms, and to take away your life on earth, uh, making it enjoyable. He wants to, you want to suffer, he wants to take control over you. That's how he presented the whole case. So in reality, Firaun did not help his people, he actually ended up misleading them. And هدا, he himself wasn't guided. But when it comes to the actual aspect of being misled, we cannot attribute this to anyone besides ourselves. There is a hadith Qudsi, a hadith with which Rasulullah mentions the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah is speaking to us. He says, long hadith. يا عبادي كلكم ضالٌ إلا من هديته يا عبادي كلكم إلا من كسَوْتُه يا عبادي كلكم people, oh my servants, all of you are, all of you are misled except for the one who I have guided. فاستهدُوني ahdikum. so ask me for guidance and I will guide you. يا عبادي كلكم ضالٌ okay all of you are misguided except if I guide you. all of you are hungry except for the one who I feed fast fastat'imuni so ask me for food I will give you food yeah everybody all of you are unclothed unless the ones I give clothing to so ask me for clothing and I'll give it to you one thing I want to share with this long hadith moves on but one thing let's just stop here One second. people sometimes say wait so if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is he has the power of guidance what's the point of, like, even trying. I'm misguided because God probably never wanted me to come pray. I never came to the masjid because He didn't want me to come. That's why I'm not here. I don't do what I'm supposed to do because He doesn't want me to be misguided. He wants me to be misguided. So, what should I say? What, what am I supposed to say? SubhanAllah. This is the type of statements people say. That guidance is in His hands. What am I supposed to do? Okay, if guidance is in His hands, guess, let's, why don't we read through the whole hadith? He says, what else is in His hand? Food. What else? clothing right back to back so if guidance is in his hands and he asks he's saying it's in my hands he also said food is in his hands how come mashallah you have so much to eat and he says also clothing is in my hands how come you have so much to wear at home how come everything is fine when it comes to the dunya and only the deen you find yourself to be zero so to blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our misguidance is utter foolishness Allah is saying everything is in my hands but you have to ask me and I'll give you. So find me one person who is misled today who can say I begged Allah every single night. Ya Allah guide me and He still misled me. Find us one person anywhere to say who we begged Allah for guidance and to show him his path and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said nope I'm not gonna show you my path I'm gonna let you rot in hell. That doesn't happen. Ihdina sirat al Ya Allah guide us a straight path. If you and I are sincere in this dua we will most definitely be guided towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How it happens, when it happens, Allah knows best. But it's amazing. Allah has, Allah will... This is one of the duas that we need to make. We do make most often, but we need to focus on what we're saying. I truly want to be guided. That, doesn't, that means that you need to always be thinking that currently, my lifestyle may not be the best. I may not be guided at the moment. There's a lot of room for improvement. Just like in the dunya, everyone is stressed for tomorrow's meeting. But brother, you have enough food to eat right now in the house. Brother, who cares about having enough to eat in the house? I'm worried about the next, not six months, the next six years and beyond. Everyone is not content about what, what they received in the paycheck last month. It's about what, not even what will happen next month. It's about what will happen for years ahead. Stressed out for that. When was the last time you and I were stressed about our hidayah? When was the last time you and I were worried that what's going to happen to my deen? And so if we don't ask Allah for guidance, we're not going to get it. Similarly, Instead of uh, just like we make effort for food and clothing, we have to make effort for hidayah. Usually when you tell someone, why don't you come to the program or come for salah or something, he'll say, make dua for me brother, make dua for me. But when, it come, when you tell him that there's a meeting after, uh, in, at 9 a.m. in a coffee shop, we're going to be discussing a new investment opportunity. Okay, we have a Bitcoin expert. Right? So let, let's sit down, let's listen to him. Then no one says, Brother Subhanallah, I'm busy. Let's make dua become rich. He will show up to that meeting before you even come. He'll come there waiting for this thing to start. When it comes to dunya, what do we notice? That people don't rarely say, make dua for me and let me sit down. Instead, they forget to even ask for dua or make dua. But they are full forward in action, action, action. When it comes to aspects of the deen, it's all about the dua. Just make dua for me, one day I'll come right. But what steps are you actively taking to gain guidance is the question. So this here is we see the imbalance. What is the imbalance? When it comes to the matters of the deen, there is only reliance on other people's dua. Not our own dua, other people's dua. So what are we lacking? We're not doing dua ourselves, and we're not working for it. And When it comes to the matters of dunya, then there is an over reliance on our effort with un- unfortunately not enough dua not enough time spent on dua it's just about work, work, work you see how we are focusing too much on one aspect and too much in the, others, uh, in the other place so how do we need to now lead our life you have to create a balance between dua and effort in both things be it hidayah or be it your food and drink make lots of dua and make lots of effort as well and then you will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will just pour things towards us Okay, this hadith moves on. Long hadith, and then the last portion of this hadith is, anna uh, that uhsiha lakum." Listen, O my servants! Indeed, I count and I gather only your actions, your deeds. I am taking full account of every good or bad that you have done. Innammahi uhsiha lakum. Indeed it is I only take account of your deeds I'm not adding or subtracting فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا Whoever finds good in his book of deeds فَلْيَحْمَدِ الله Then he should thank Allah alone Whoever finds on the day of judgment MashaAllah you did X number of tafsirs And X number of dua And X number of salahs And X number of umrah And X number of hajj Don't sit there and pat yourself on the back Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the tawfiq he gave you ذلك, and whoever finds in his book of deeds anything besides good, yani sins, mistakes, major mis-sins, فَلَا إِلَّا نفسه, He should not blame anyone besides himself. What a powerful hadith. He should not blame anyone besides take, learn how to take responsibility. If you're messed up, take responsibility and say I'm at fault instead of blaming Allah. To blame Allah is the foolish, biggest foolish thing to do. We have to take responsibility. So shaitan is usually... Uh, sharr and evil is attributed towards shaitan in this dunya Because it is against the etiquette to attribute evil towards Allah Although shaitan is the creation of Allah All good and bad is the creation of Allah No good or bad can happen in this earth on, In the heavens and anywhere in the earth Without the permission of Allah But it is against etiquette to attribute evil towards Allah That is why we usually attribute evil towards shaitan So for example وَمَا أَنْسَانِهُ إِلَّا الشَّيْطَانُ وَنَاذْكُرَهُ and many verses in the Qur'an Shaitan made me forget this Shaitan made me do this Etc, etc But deep down we know Nothing can happen without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So now this shaitan will be giving This, this shaitan will be giving a, a lecture When? On the day of judgment What is that? وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ al amr. This is in Surah Ibrahim Wakala Shaytan, and Shaytan has declared. You know, I, t- I said this to you a couple of weeks ago. I shared this with you that Allah uses the past tense to refer to things that will happen in the future, because that in- that happening of that incident is with such certainty and such yaqeen that it's as though it has already occurred. So Allah uses past tense to refer to things that will happen even in the future. Wakala, past tense. Waqaala Shaytan. Shaytan has already said. Yani he will say, Lamma amr when all the affairs are divided all the affairs are set out who's gonna go to paradise Who's going go to hell, everything sorted out when everything is settled he will speak up his final you know he'll be given the final moment to speak Inna waadakum, indeed Allah had promised you Inna O oh humanity O oh humanity and O oh jinns Inna waadakum, indeed Allah had promised you Wa'ad-tukum. and I also promised you Wa'ad-tukum. and I also promised you فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ However, I broke my promise However, I broke my promise <laughs> That's it, I broke it What are you going to do about it? wa <laughs> And I did not have any I did not have any power To force you to do something I did not put a gun to your head Illa, accept all I did, and daawtukum. I invited you. I invited you towards sin. I invited you towards places of falsehood. I invited you to not attend places of goodness. Fasta li, and you decided to accept my invitation. That's not my fault. The willpower, you decided that you're gonna accept my invitation over Allah's invitation. And you're gonna turn down Allah's invitation and you're gonna gladly come for my invitation. Whose fault is that? Illa and I invited you, Fasta li. You decided to accept my invitation. You remember the same thing? That hadith I just shared with you. Don't blame anyone besides yourself. Same ayah. The same word. Do not blame me. But rather blame yourself. The man himself, Iblis will give this khutbah, this talk. And he will say, do not although sin and evil was attributed towards me but I never forced you to do anything you cannot use this card oh shaitan misled me shaitan misled me it's not gonna work and guess what bi <laughs> bimusriqikum I am not able to assist you today today I'm not gonna be able to save you I never was able to actually save you in the dunya too it was all fake but here for sure it's very obvious I'm not gonna be able to save you well, if it makes you feel any better wa and you will not be able to save me either we're both gonna burn in hell together but I knew this all along I willingly decided to go. You, for some reason, thought you're going to be able to get out. Uh, it's not going to work like that. مصرخي, and you are not going to be able to help me. I absolve myself of any and all relationships that you may have made with me. You have tried to worship me. You try to become a Satanist, a Satanist or whatnot. You decided to give up your life for, for, for away from God towards Satan. I have nothing to do with you. Indeed, the oppressors will have a very painful torment. This tor- torment, that painful torment, it could be, it could be the statement of shaitan himself or it could be a statement of Allah. Where that this, p- p- tor- t- uh, t- this painful torment is going to be for all of us. Beloved elders and brothers, dear mothers and sisters, the idea here is that although dalala and misguidance is attributed to Fir'aun or in this verse or attributed to shaitan, in reality, every one of us needs to. Take responsibility for our own mistakes and sins. We cannot sit there and blame other people because we will not be able to get out of the mess we are in right, right now if we blame our environment, if we blame people. We won't be able to ever change. This is actually, believe it or not, is a very uh, uh, a fatalistic approach to life, where you say, "I'm, I, I, don't have no control, man. It was just my friends, my people, my shaitan, falan. That's why I'm doing this." And this, this, this type of mentality will not get us anywhere. A person has to say, Yes, shaytan is trying to deceive me. My friends are trying to mislead me. But I will decide to stand up and fight back. And I will not back down. And with the will of Allah, I will overpower them. So shaytan, for example, he says, Oh O Allah, I will mislead all of your creation. And then he says, إِلَّا al-mukhlasin." Except for your chosen servants, I won't be able to mislead them. Mukhlasin, your chosen servants. Allah responds to shaytan in another verse, he says, sultan. Listen, indeed, my servants, my chosen servants, alayhim sultan, you have no authority and no power over them. You will not be able to mislead them. You can try, and you will try, and I give you the opportunity to try, but you will not succeed. Ibadi sultan. Except for those who willingly choose to follow your path from amongst those who are misled. And they turn they begin to have a friendship. With you and decide to l- go towards your towards you and your path, then yeah, of course you're gonna have power. So what does this tell us? When a person starts making making a step towards shaitan, Allah gives the ability to shaitan to really grab him. Allah says in the Quran, shaitan dikrullah. Shaitan overpowers their minds and he makes them forget the remembrance of Allah. Meaning, when a person makes a, makes a move, you don't have to drink, no one's forcing us to drink alcohol. But you make a move, and Allah forbid, someone makes a move and drinks it. Or someone makes a move and commits zina. Someone makes a move and indulges in riba and interest. Someone makes a move and indulges in, in missing X number of salah's. Someone makes a move and goes visits a fortune teller, or a magician, or does something major haram like this, what happens? That they took their own step to go to there. But when you go to such places, you're gonna be hounded and you're gonna be attacked by thousands and thousands of shayateen. So a people who commit sins, major sins, what happens? That they become extremely infested, infected with shayateen. Because they, they brought upon themselves this infection. They brought upon themselves this fifth. This is how it works. You go by the garbage, you put your hands, and you're going to get maggots all over yourself. Right? But they're not going to come attack you while you're sitting in your clean, nice little, you know, cubicle. But if you go around the garbage can, you put your hands there, you, put your, you jump in to see what's inside the garbage, of course you're going to get filthy and dirty. So when people walk around gatherings of sin, when people walk towards places of sin, when people drink what they're not supposed to, eat what they're not supposed to, look at what they're not supposed to, very important part, look at what they're not supposed to, then what happens? The filth of those places falls upon you. When you flush down a, a filth down a toilet, or you, you're doing septic work, What's gonna happen? The smell and the stench of that, plus the filth from there will splash on your clothes naturally. You're cleaning the toilet, you're cleaning the bathrooms. What do you expect? You're not gonna come out smelling like itr, right? You're not gonna come out with even a cleaner piece of cloth. They're gonna get dirty. So when we indulge in sin, and specifically like I just said, visiting of certain websites and things of that sort, the shayateen of those websites and the shayateen of those areas, they say, oh, we got a new customer here. Bam, right there. So now a person, he slipped because of his nafs, he slipped because of his environment. But once he chooses to go visit such places, just like a club, similarly these websites are nothing less than a club. When a person goes visits there, what happens? The shayateen of those sites attack him. Just like the maggots of a garbage can, like the rats of of an infested place, attack a person that is coming there. Similarly these places, when they have someone coming, visiting them, they say, oh, marhaba, marhaba, come, come here. And guess what? We love the fact that you came here. We want you to visit us again and again. So we're going to send 10 shayateen towards you that make you addicted to visiting us. <sighs> Understand how this stuff works. Understand how all of the, the inner secrets I'm telling you. How these things work. A person says that. that until we don't stop that and until we don't detoxify our system, we will never be able to give this sin, these sins up. It will be a non-stop recurring, recurring vicious cycle until we do not detoxify and cleanse our system from these shayateen that, are, that come to us from all of these places that, that I'm referring to. A person goes visits ex-Muslim website. A person goes visits Islamophobic websites. Subhanallah, you have any idea how many shayateen are saying Each person who wrote there is a shaytan himself. Every So his, his qalam, his pen is filled with the poison of shaytan. When you read that, I promise you, when you read that you've, you've got a, the shayateen are entering through your eyes into your heart and your mind. Noor is leaving the heart, and Shaytaniyat is coming. When you enter a website like that, don't take, don't think it's an easy, small, little thing. No, you enter an Islam, Islamophobic website, you enter an anti-Islam, ex-Muslim website, and then you scroll down, and you start reading comments. There's something happening. It's not an innocent reading, a reading, surf, surface reading. Uh uh. You are thinking that this is an innocent surface reading of some material, but the vulma and the darkness of that only Allah knows that is why the ulama were so particular that they would say that when you read a book when you read a book you're actually sitting in the company of the author so if you want to sit in the company of a sheikh, of a scholar of the past and he's gone he passed away but you heard all the stories about him and you say he was such a righteous pious person I wish I could see him but he's gone buried under they say the closest thing to that is to read his books and when you read his books it's as though you're sitting in his company the same with Rasulullah. He is not with us, but you sit and read the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, and you sit in a gathering with the hadith are being recited or taught, it's as though you're sitting in the majlis of Rasulullah. So the nur that you could have gotten from the heart of Rasulullah, wallahi, if you're sincere enough, if you're sincere enough and you have proper etiquette and you sit in a gathering of hadith, you will be able to take unbelievable amounts of nur from that gathering. Because why? These are the words of the Prophet ﷺ that are being shared. Although, don't look at who's reciting it. Look at what is being recited. No matter how he looks, but the words that are coming out of his mouth are the exact same words that emanated from the mubarak lips of the Prophet ﷺ. They're filled with nur. It's reported that some mashaykh of the past. Allah had blessed them with so much understanding and love of Rasulullah ﷺ and so much nur and basira to understand that they would say that if there are 20 or 100 hadiths recited and if you were to bring in one fabricated hadith within this 100 through the barakah of firasa and farsightedness they would be able to immediately recognize which of the 100 is not a true hadith of Rasulullah and they would say because it is very obvious that everything that emanates from the Prophet's mouth has a special nur to it and although it sounds like it it walks like it it looks like it but that nur that is found in the hadith of the wasallam is missing here May Allah give us such hearts to be able to recognize this La ilaha illallah When the heart is clean you can absorb unbelievable amounts of nur from all gatherings and especially when Allah's where Allah's kalam is shared where Rasulullah's kalam is shared So if this is the nur that comes from one hadith imagine the thulma and the darkness that comes from the writings of the evil people You hear what I said? If you want to benefit from some righteous person, and he's not there, what should you do? Read his books, read as they say, read the Malfoozat and the statements of the Mashayikh. By reading those statements, it's as though you're sitting in their company. And if you want to sit in the company of a, a shaitan al-Ins, then read his books. So those youngsters who sit there reading books of ex-Muslims and atheists, just say, I want to become enlightened. You're not becoming enlightened. You are putting your mind and heart into unbelievable layers of darkness. Why would you do that to yourself? It's like you're drinking poison. And then you want to come and pray first rakat. How so is it gonna? Why would you want to come to the masjid if you read stuff like that? There is absolutely no reason. It's like if it's a physician, you got to go into a, you know, uh, into a surgery. You have to put on your full garb. Firefighter going to the fire, putting on his full suit. Ah, uh, hazmat suits and whatnot. They're going to a place where it's got all sorts of chemical spills and whatnot. So, if you are a, have to deal with ex-Muslim or Islamophobic arguments, what do you have to do, you have to wear something, and that is ilm and tazkiyah You have to be extremely knowledgeable, connected to your teacher, and you have to have a heightened level of spirituality before you go make the surgery. And I've I've heard this story from my ustad Manshabir Sab of a, st- a student who was a, a very bright, bright student, he, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, the founder of the Qadiyani, uh, uh, you know, religion. He was around at that time, and he was de- going around debating people. So this youngster who was, a very, uh, who, who was a very strong, bright, forthcoming student, he told his Ustad, I want to go and I want to uh, debate him. So he said to him, you're not ready yet, stay put, relax, don't go now. He said, no, as many youth nowadays for sure, they are you know, overconfident overconfident, which is horrible. Just like less, you know, not being confident enough is a problem, overconfident is also a very big problem. So they were overconfident, he said, I want to go debate him. He said, you're not ready for it. He said, no, I am, I want to go. So without the ijazah of the shaykh, he went in to go debate Mirza Qulab ahmed It so happened that as intelligent as he was, he lost the debate. Okay, you lose debates, it's possible you lose a debate. And you just say, you know what? I'm going to come back prepared tomorrow, more prepared. You beat me in an a intellectual game here But I still Alhamdulillah my Iman is there This doesn't prove you're right and I'm wrong It just proves that you, 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 you were well versed in your logical uh, you know, arguments and in, 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 in ability to debate so, so what happened? That did happen to him That did not happen to him Instead what did he say? He became Qadiani. He became Murtad atheist right there Okay, what happened after that? He became an atheist And then he began to become a He became a murid of Mirza and he began to actually write his books Because Mirza was not, a very, uh, you know, was not very eloquent in his speech also And not very good in his writing He needed someone to pen his thoughts, his fitna and fasad So what happened? He started writing his books on behalf of him And he defended him Till the very end he authored Majority of his books were authored by this man And after he died as well, Mirza He continued to remain a staunch supporter And a propagator of the Qadiani school of thought or Qadiani, you know, madhab. So our ustad would say to us that you have to, you know, you have to learn how to take opinions of, and mashur of your elders, and always regard yourself to be under someone. As soon as you think you can take things on your own, you're going to be misled. I don't know if it was about the same individual or about another individual, but my teacher was mentioning, that they were visiting, (coughs) you know, this is a hundred years ago or so, they visited, the, the teacher and the student went to go visit, visit someone in Umrah or Hajj in Madinah Munawwara. When that <coughs> sheikh who they were visiting welcomed in the scholar who was visiting from Indopak, with him was a student, that, you know, debater. He told the sheikh that your student over here, he said, I smell the stench of, of irtidad and of apostasy from him. I smell the stench of what? Apostasy. I can just smell it. And subhanallah, lo and behold, later on he did become an apostate. What is that when a person has this heightened firasa, the heart is so clean that it, it is, it is so, so such that a person is able to just start feeling things. Like you get a sixth sense. Like a very experienced doctor, a very experienced teacher will be able to tell as soon as he looks at a student or a teacher or, or a, a patient about what's going to happen. He's not forcing anything, he can just see it. That this is what's going to happen. Similarly, those shuyukh and those scholars and those ulama after working on their tazkiyah and the purification of their heart sometimes reach such levels that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exposes these things to them subhanallah so what we beloved brothers and sisters we learn from this is that learn how to take responsibility for our guidance and unfortunately for our misguidance as well if we made mistakes owe up, own up and say Allah forgive me don't blame else other people because if we blame other people we will never be able to actually address the issue and number two Let's learn how to ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. No matter how misguided we have become, as long as we are asking Allah for help, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forsake us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely give us hidayah. Ya Bani Israel laqad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then moves on to the next story here. O Bani Israel, O children of Israel, we have delivered you, we have delivered you from your enemy. And we have promised you an appointed time on the right side of Mount Tur to give you my commandments. Moreover, we have sent, sent down manna and, and quail to sustain you in the desert. Saying. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse now speaks about the next chapter of Ibrahim, Musa alayhi salatu um, life. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now informing Musa alayhi salam's people, qadan jayna'akum, we have saved you, min from your enemy. And we have promised you an appointed time to, meet, to give you the Torah. To give you the Torah. Beloved brothers and sisters, Allah is reminding Bani Israel that He saved them from their, from their enemy and He expects them to be appreciative of what happened. And so this resonates with all, should resonate with all of us. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so many times puts us through difficulty, and after some time, pulls this difficulty away from us. All right? And the purpose of this is to turn our attention towards us. That's what he's tapping someone, hey? And the idea is supposed to look at you, mashallah, like you did. Right? And then he looks, he looks the other way again. And then you tap him again. He looks the other way. Then you tap him again. So difficulties in life are what? They're like tapping on someone's shoulder. Wake up. And if you choose to wake up, then Alhamdulillah, game over, you're successful. If you do not wake up, Allah may send down another tap. And Allah may send another tap. And the good thing is, the best thing is, that a person should try to wake up on the first tap. Otherwise, we don't know how long this is going to go. Allah mentions in the Quran, الْعَذَابِ الْعَذَابِ Indeed, most definitely, we will make them taste. We will m- most definitely make them taste these smaller and closer punishment instead of the larger greater punishment meaning the punishment of this dunya no matter how large it is is absolutely insignificant compared to the punishment of the grave in the hereafter Allah says we make you taste the small punishment of this world car accident sickness someone passing away losing loss of money loss of job marital relationship getting ruined all of these things happen and you are like oh my god the fel- the world fell apart yeah, it hasn't. They really will fall apart if you don't change your life right now. This is just the beginning. This is just getting, things are just getting started. Like my, no, hell broke loose. Everything fell. No, it's not. Wallahi, it's not. You, you and I haven't seen what musibah is. Musiba happens when the soul is getting pulled out. That's what musiba is. And then there's no turning back from that. Right now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm making you taste the smaller musiba so that la'allam yarji'oon So you repent and come back to me. So that you are spared from the larger problems and the larger difficulties of life now unfortunately let's ask ourselves how many times does a person when going through difficulty makes tawbah and says ya Allah that's it I swear I'm never gonna do I'm never gonna go back into sin again I am going to repent I'm gonna praise Allah I'm gonna be in front row right behind the Imam if anything if the Imam doesn't show up I'll also lead right I'm ready he says that when he's in the hospital he says that when his or his daughter or son is in the hospital. He says that when he got caught red handed with something and his honor is on the line. He says that when his wife or husband is about to walk out and they're now so uh, worried about the future of their children. And he now makes claims, Ya Allah, if you do this to me, you do this to me, I'll change my life. And the Quran mentions this in many places. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that. Uh, when you are in a ship وَجَرَيْنَ طيبة, and then good strong winds are taking the sailing, sailing ship in the direction that you want it to Everything's looking great in the old days when you had sail sh- ships that would, would, would be uh, dependent upon the direction of the wind <coughs> عاصف, all of a sudden a strong wind a storm comes at your ship وَجَاءَهُمُ الْمَوْجُ مِن كُلِّ مَكَان and waves start surrounding your little boat from all directions. And you begin to think that most definitely my death has come. We will drown today. And with the ship and every, all the inhabitants will be drowned. You think you've been surrounded by the winds of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the sent winds of Allah, and now we're gonna we are going to We are going to perish. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Mukhlisin Allah says at that time they sincerely beg Allah with all humility. What did they say? Ya Allah, Ya Allah, please, if you save us from this calamity, most definitely we will become grateful servants. Allah is speaking about the Mushrikeen and the idolaters of Mecca. That even they, the biggest you know, source of problem for Rasulullah Sallam, the ones who persecuted Rasulullah Sallam. These people also, when their ship began to, you know, sink, they begged Allah and they repented and said, Ya Allah, if you get us out of this mess, we will definitely become grateful. That's why I would say, you won't find an atheist on a sinking ship. Huh? All of the, what is atheism and all of this stuff? This is just arrogance. khulasa arrogance. Worship of the self. Worship of the nafs. Worship of the desires. When push comes to shove, and problems happen, then a person begs someone, screaming, please help. Well, there's no one out there. Everything is a coincidence. Who are you calling out to? Right? But no, he will definitely, he will forget all his atheistic views and his papers and, and his speeches and his, all the foul speech. And you'll say, <laughs> he'll say, Someone, someone, God, whatever you are, help me. <laughs> most definitely we will become uh grateful. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, haq <laughs> When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves them jahum when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves them from that uh storm, what happens? Okay, you want you wanna get saved from me, I'll save you from you. No problem. It's, hey, wind, stop. Right? The winds work under the order of Allah. It takes one second for the wind to stop. So Allah said, okay, I'll get you out of this mess, no problem. Falam Ma'anja when He saved them. Idah, means l Surprisingly. Of course it's not surprising to Allah. It should be surprising to you. فِي الْأَرْضِ Filardiel الْحَقِّ Oh wow, how quick you change your tone. How quick your color changes. How quick your tongue, your, your, your speech changes. <inaudible> How quickly you begin to once again cause chaos on the earth. You think I didn't know that? I knew that before you even begged me, I knew you were gonna do this. But I want you to prove to yourself why you're destined to go to Jahannam. You understand this? I want you not to be able to on the day of judgment say, why did you throw me to hell? Well, this is your book of deeds. Blame no one besides yourself. Allah already knows what you're doing. Allah says, "You have an option. Why don't you think you're deceiving Allah?" As Allah says in the Quran, Allah, He says, um, "What is that?" Um, they 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 make fun of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they did yuqadiyuna Allah. They think that they are deceiving Allah, In reality, Allah is deceiving them. Meaning, what is Allah doesn't deceive anyone. It means Allah is the one who actually. Is controlling everything and you're thinking you're fooling Him when in reality He has it all set from beforehand. You can never deceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're poking fun of Allah. Allah says, no, I'm poking fun at you. I'm poking fun at you. You think you're poking fun of me. You can't do that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm giving you time and again chance that when you go through difficulty, the reason you got that storm, the reason you got that car accident, fender bender, the reason you got a pink slip, the reason you got a big fight in the home from the spouse, the reason your son or daughter said something unbelievable to you, it's supposed to be a wake-up call. It's supposed to be saying, what is my relationship with Allah? What in the world? I'm 50 years old. What did my daughter just say to me? What did my son just say to me? What did my boss just say to me? What just happened at work? What just happened at home? These are supposed to be wake-up calls. That where am I headed? What will happen? If this is what the punishment I'm getting right now, imagine if I lead a life of kufr and shirk and disobedience to Allah, what will happen when I leave this world? So these type of difficulties come to wake people up. So those who wake up, MashaAllah, they are the lucky ones. And those who sleep and those difficulties don't w- bring them towards Allah, then they are un- unfortunately very wretched. As the saying goes, that if a calamity doesn't bring a change within you and doesn't make it a, the calamity doesn't become a, a source of advice for you, then whatever calamity you, you went through, Pales in comparison to the calamity Within your own self If the cala- external calamity Didn't shake you up towards Allah Then the internal calamity Of what we call wretchedness And having a dark heart That calamity by far Is much greater in comparison To any type of musibah That you, you, uh, you are faced with So when we talk about people saying I'm going through a lot of problems Subhanallah I, can you come to the masjid? Can you come to the tafsir? Can you come to the one year program? Can you come to some brother? I would love to, but I'm going through a lot of problems. This is an oxymoron. What is this supposed to mean? What are you, where are your problems being solved? Your problems are going to get solved outside. You're, that's exactly why you should come here to the masjid. That's exactly why you should be connected to ilm. That's why exactly you should be connected to a place of knowledge. When you have problems, if you don't come to the masjid when you have problems, then tell me when you're going to come. I'm going through a divorce. Well, this is the perfect time to come. I'm losing my job. This is the perfect time to come. When you come now, uh, hopefully we don't come to the masjid only when we have problems. But at the very least, this should be a means of us, when we're going through problems, to come to the masjid. And at that time, hopefully they'll bring a wake-up call for us to come to the masjid all the time. So many people, subhanAllah, they'll share the stories of how their lives changed. And usually their lives changed when some type of calamity hit them, a car accident, a child, losing a child, a divorce, whatnot. not. MashaAllah, then their lives changed. So similarly, we should all look at the challenges that we're going through and saying, has this brought me closer to Allah or further from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You and I need to understand, beloved friends, that we cannot become like the mushrikeen of Makkah, that every time they repented and then Allah removed their difficulty, they went back to the old ways. That's exactly what the Quraysh of Makkah did all the time. Ya Rasulullah, ya please remove this. ask Allah to remove this adab from us. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would make dua, The adab would remove They go back to the same thing Same thing with Bani Israel All of this So many of us Have been saved I would say all of us Have been saved From various types of difficulties Let's think of this ayah And regard ourselves Of how much we should be Indebted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Don't think difficulties Are a punishment from Allah Rather regard difficulties As a Subhanallah As a beautiful reason For you and I To get up To go down on our knees And beg Allah Because Allah knows If we don't go through difficulty Rarely you will find a person Sitting on his forehead On the ground Crying and and, and begging Allah We see mashallah There are people come to the masjid They sit in a corner And you can hear them crying But I, I wish Subhanallah That we could do stuff like this When we are in our happiest moments Unfortunately that doesn't happen Almost all the time This type of crying happens When we're going through problems Someone said I just recently heard one scholar Said something beautiful he said, "The difference between uh, our ibadah and the ibadah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Very nice point. He said, "He said, if you were to look at Rasulullah prostrating, if you were to look at Rasulullah sallam sajda, if you were to hear his crying on any given night, and if you were to look at his fikr concern to, to obey Allah on any given day, you would, if you were to look at his lengthy sajda and hear his wailing and crying, you would never be able to tell is he doing this out of." A difficulty he's facing or out of thankfulness for a blessing he's enjoying. Because Rasulullah's humility and humbleness, Tadar amam Allah, his his begging of Allah's mercy, his crying, his beseeching of Allah's mercy, you can't tell it is out of based out of enjoying Allah's blessing and he's thanking him, or he's going through difficulty and he's begging him for his mercy. So in the book Munajat Makbul, the accept, uh, accepted whispers. Right, it's a beautiful dua book. We have it available online in the bookstore or whatnot. Here, Munajat Maqbool beautiful collection of two hundred duas of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi Approximately, there is an abridged version and there is a more detailed version. So, if you get the detailed version, it's a larger one. It's got the stories behind a lot of the duas. So, on the on one page, which I was I I, I was just mesmerized when I read it. You know the way the author wa wala, placed the duas in order. He placed the he placed the dua. Subhanallah! Listen to me. He placed the dua of Taif, and he placed the dua of Fath, Makkah back to back. The dua of what Taif, which was the most difficult day in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi in the most difficult year of the Prophet sallallahu when he lost his beloved wife Khadija radhiyallahu anha. And when he lost his own Uncle Abu Talib. His two greatest pillars he had, one Muslim, one non-Muslim. He lost them in the same year. And the Meccans were ganging up on him. And he decided to give Ta'if a chance. And he traveled those 80 or so kilometers, a lot of it by foot, hoping that he would receive a better response. Only to, only to face a much more difficult and a much more painful response. Being pelted by stones, being spat upon, being chased out, by the people of Mecca. What happened, beloved brothers and sisters? Allahumma inni ashuu ilayka du'a fa'kuwati, Ya Allah, I complain to you. Du'a fa'kuwati, the weakness of my strength. Wa qilla my unpreparedness. Wa hawani 'ala nas, and me being uh, being taken lightly by the people. He's not blaming Allah. I complain to you that why are you putting me through this? No, I complain to you of my own weakness. I complain to you of my ill preparedness. I complain to you of the fact that people, unfortunately, I'm not able to get through to them. They're not respecting me. They have no value for me. And the dua moves on. Ya Allah, who are you throwing me to? Who are you submitting me to? Who are you leaving me to their mercy? Are you leaving me to the mercy of, of an enemy who is going to attack me? Or are you leaving me to a, or a relative who you have given him full authority over me? إِلَّمْ عَلَيْهِ Oh Allah, if you are not angry at me, فَلَا أُبَالِي Then I don't mind. Oh, Akbar. The most difficult day in the life of the Prophet And what is he saying? If you are not angry at me, then I don't mind. My beloved brothers and sisters, from the Ummah of Rasulullah If there's a day, if there's anyone who had a right to complain, it would have been Rasulullah And if anyone had to write, a right to say, I'm done, I've had it, It would have been Rasulullah on that day. But what does he say? He says, if you're not angry at me, I don't mind. If you're not angry at me, I don't mind. Because I want to see you happy. It's not about my happiness. I want your agenda to be fulfilled. I am merely a peon. I am merely a piece in the puzzle. The goal is, the entire puzzle should be completed. However you want to use me, I'm yours. You own me completely. You can use me as you wish. I don't mind if this is part of the full agenda, full plan. May I suggest, however, that if I were to enjoy a life right now of relative comfort and peace and well being, then that would be much more comfortable for me. That's all he says. And the story moves on how the angels descended and all that. The next dua, beloved brothers, is right in that same book of munajat of, of maqbool what's the next dua <sighs> yes and in that dua of of, of Makkah, what is he saying um and he says to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that ya allah ya ma, he says ya allah i am al al-dhalil al 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 oh allah i am you are looking at me and you and Ya Allah, you are aware of my external condition. You are aware of my internal condition. عَلَيْكَ min amri. Nothing is hidden from you for, with regards to my affairs. Every, I'm an open book in front of you. Who am I? Anna, I am Al Ba'is, Al Faqir, Al Al Wajil, Al Al Muqtarif, Look at all of these words he uses for himself. I am a humble poor beggar. I am someone who is begging and beseeching you of your mercy. Al-muqtarif I am sinful. Al-mu'tarif bi zambi, I acknowledge in front of you my sins. Who is saying this? Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I am like a blind poor beggar that you would have mercy upon who is acknowledging of his sins. I've come to you أَسْأَلُكَ مَسْأَلَةِ الْمِسْكِينَ I ask you the way a beggar asks. أَسْأَلُكَ مَسْأَلَةِ الْمِسْكِينَ وَأَدْعُوكَ دُعَاءِ الْخَائِفِ الْضَرِيرِ And I supplicate to you the way a blind, scared person asks for help. A blind, scared person asks for help. دُعَاءَ مِنْ خَضَعَتْ لَكَ رَقَبَتُهُ The supplication of the one who has his neck bowed in front of you. And the supplication of the one whose body is humbled in front of you. And the supplication of the one whose nose is in the ground in front of you. Allahumma la taj'alni bi du'a'ika O Allah, do not make me wretched. Do not make me wretched in this du'a. Do not make me deprived in this du'a. Ya al O the best of those who give. وَيَا al Masuleen, O the best of those who are asked. Can you ever imagine that this is the dua of a prophet who is entering as a conqueror into Mecca. And as the hadith mentions, that his face was touching, his cheeks were, his head was so bowed down, so lowered, that it was touching the hump of the camel. He did not walk in or drive into Mecca with his chest wide open and with a flag in his hand screaming, here we are, victoriously coming back to take back our city. Instead, in absolute humility and humbleness and thankfulness and, and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he puts his head down, touching, his face touching the hump of the camel. And thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the beauty of the life of Rasulullah Sallam. That his dua, his crying, his ibadah was not based out of only problems and difficulties. Even though he had the most difficult life. Instead, you see in his the highest moment of happiness and in the lowest moments of difficulty, you see him the same. And that is what you and I are supposed to learn from this. That a believer, no matter what state Allah puts him in, his connection with Allah doesn't deteriorate. He, doesn't, he is not out there looking for free handouts. He knows that whatever Allah gives to me, whether it is sweet or sour, whether it is, uh, whether it is a something of health or sickness, whether it is wealth or poverty, in any and all situations, this is a gift from Allah, how dare can I complain? You heard the story of a king who asked his servant to go grab a sweet melon from the garden. When the servant and the slave came with the melon or the fruit and cut it for him, the king said, go ahead and taste it, have one yourself, and then you can give me. So he had one, he tasted it, and then after that he gave it to the king. When the king tasted this, this melon or this fruit, it was so, so, so bitter, he spat it out. And then he looked at his servant and he said, I'm surprised. How did you in front of me eat this piece of fruit? And I didn't, not only did you eat it, I did not notice any frown on your face. I did not notice any signs as though you are caught off guard by the bitterness of this fruit. And what a beautiful answer this servant gave to the king. He said, oh king, this hand of yours that has given me this fruit today, and you told me, O oh my lad, or oh my servant, eat it. This same hand has fed me many many sweet things throughout my life. And if today, if this hand has happened to give me a bitter piece of fruit, how dare I show my repugnance? How dare I show my discomfort? How dare I spit it out or show that I don't like this? Subhanallah. So Allah has granted you and I every day, every night, blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And by Allah, when He chooses to put us through difficulty, that is also called also a blessing. But the response should never be, Why me? Why this? I prayed. I've done all of this. Why are you doing this to me? Instead, the response should be the way the Salaf did. The Salaf would say, the earlier pious predecessors, they would say, listen to this, they would say, "Al-mihnatu minhatun These are two words in Arabic. One is called Minha, and one is called Mihna. Right? One is called Minha and one is called Mihna. You've heard the uh, min, uh, Minha as a girl's name. Manih, Arabs say, right? Manih, very nice, pretty, cute, nice, good. Minha is a name also. So, Minha actually means a gift. Minha means a gift. And if you switch the Ha and the Noon, the order of it, it becomes the word Mihna. And Mihna means a trial, a difficulty. So, now they would say Al Mihna to a difficulty is minhatun khafiyyatun a hidden gift from Allah a trial is a hidden gift from Allah you understand that? a trial is a gift for who? for a believer so we never lose we're always winning we're always winning no matter what type of trial Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts towards us we should ask Allah not to put, put us into trial because we don't know if we will have the right perspective when it comes our way that's why we should not ask Allah to put us through difficulty we should ask Allah for afiyah but if in well-being, but if Allah chooses to put us through difficulty, then what will happen? We should ask Allah at that time to put us through sabr. And when you have sabr, then the difficulty will become a hidden gift. I've read about the salaf. What happened? The salaf would say, Subhanallah. They would say when they went through any difficulty, they would say, "I never imagined that I had this status with Allah." that He would make, He would regard me worthy enough of this type of difficulty. When they would lose a child, when they lose their spouse in young age, when they lose their business, lose their money. Shocked, people are like, oh my God, we feel so sorry for you. And their answer would, subhanAllah, I'm honored, I'm touched, I'm touched, I'm honored. I never imagined Allah would regard me worthy of His tests. Because why? Only the strongest of the strongest get tested. Ashaddun nasi bala'an al-anbiya The ones who go through the most tests are the prophets you heard me say this hadith one of my favorite hadiths ashaddun nasi bala'an al-anbiya the ones who go through the most difficulty are the prophets thumma al-amthal then those who come after the prophets in piety and righteousness and then those who come after the prophets in righteousness and piety yubtal a man is tested based on the strength of his deen in kanafi if the strength in his deen zida bala'ihi his difficulties are increased you heard what i said if he is strong in his deen, his difficulties are what? Increased. Subhanallah. So counter, counter to what people think. Oh, I'm going to the masjid, how come I'm going through problems? I close my haram business, open up a halal business, how come I'm going through problems? I gave away a haram relationship and tried to enter a halal relationship, I'm going through problems. Brother, listen to this hadith. If you are stronger in your deen, get ready for tests to come towards you. وَنْ كَانَ فِي دِينِ And if, you've, if you are easy and weak in your deen, then you'll find Allah will make things easy for you حتى يمشي على وجه الأرض عليه until a time will come that you will walk on the earth without a single sin in his book of deeds simply due to him being patient how many students applying for undergrad applying to professional schools go through difficulty from home difficulty at campus difficulty in physical mental emotional stress and how many students who want to come study the deen seem to the whole world is falling apart. As soon as you make nia to come study, all of a sudden your mom says no. All of a sudden your dad gets ang- angry. All of a sudden your spouse says absolutely not. All of a sudden your scholarship seems to be going away. All of a sudden your friends start trying to convince you otherwise. You're, it's everything starts falling apart. You made nia to come join to study, and everything starts. This is my experience with students who want to come study for the one-year program especially, or the island program, larger programs. They make nia and then it's just like, oh my God, where did this come from? And where did this come from? Understand, when you are coming, when you want to come towards Allah and you are trying to be a true servant of Allah, Allah wants to see how loyal you are to Him. Allah wants to make sure you are of good quality. Allah wants to make sure that you are from amongst the sincere ones. Just like you're going to prepare, one is your normal infantry. Then you got your Marines and then you got your special forces and you got your SEALs and all those other things up there their exams and their tests and their preparation is much harder than average person average police officer because the mission that is supposed to be taken from them is much higher when you want to become a student of knowledge when you become a, when you want to become a study the deen you are being prepared to fight Iblis and Iblis army you better be ready it's not gonna be easy who said it was easy so difficulties will come your way physically problems emotional problems stress Difficulty from your parents Difficulty from your children Difficulty from your spouse All sorts of stuff will happen But you have to remain firm And to say I'm willing to pay any price To be allowed to join the army of Allah There's two armies Army of Shaitan Army of Allah You want to go sign up for the army of Shaitan? Guess what? You get a $10,000 bonus sign up bonus Right then and there Everything will be paid for you It will be a walk in the park To go sign up to the army of Shaitan but you want to go sign up to the army of Allah, I'm telling you, you're going to have difficulties. Because Allah wants to make sure only the sincere ones join His army. We can't have, you are as strong as your weakest link. The army of Allah cannot have weaklings. Every single person in that army needs to be super strong. So when difficulties come towards your way, if you run away, unfortunately that shows that you weren't made of what it's required. And if you say, nope, I'm not giving up without a big fight. I am going to put everything I've got and I'm going to beg Allah. And I'm going pr- to show Allah that, Ya Allah, I want to be chosen. I want to be chosen. I'm going to fast. I'm going to give sadaqah. I'm going to give charity. I'm going to cry. And I'm going to ask every other person here that make dua for me, I'm trying to study. Please ask Allah to remove the difficulties from my path. Yes, then mashallah, you're on the right path. And you'll see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate it for you. Jahadu Those who strive to get to us. What does that tell you? Huh? You have to strive to get to Allah It's not a walk in the park Those who strive to get to Allah Subulana, Then we will open up the paths for them Once Allah sees true commitment Once Allah sees true ikhlas Through sincerity And you've done your work And then the 11th hour The help of Allah will come 11th hour Last minute Last minute it will come Badr It wasn't a, it wasn't, wasn't a, a walk in the park Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spent the entire night begging Allah so in such a, in, a passionate manner that Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu pitied Rasulullah. He said, Ya Rasul, enough. Please, tomorrow's a big day. We have a fight. We have a battle. Please get some rest. The whole night he's sitting there in in tuhlik hadi al-isabah. Oh Allah, if this group, this army is allowed to be destroyed, you will not be worshipped again on the earth. I cannot allow, you cannot allow this army to be destroyed of 313 ill-equipped people against a thousand armed. I'm telling you, this is how it is, Ya Allah, you have to listen to me. If you don't allow, if you don't allow us victory, we're gone. That Israr, that Ilha, that like certainty, you speak to Allah with certainty, Ya Allah, I have to achieve this. I want to become a student of knowledge. I want all these, I want my son and daughter to study. I want my son and daughter to be connected to Islam. When you, when you really pour your heart out in front of Allah and cry and cry and cry. The way people today come and cry and say, please make dua. Then my son or daughter gets into a residency program. And they'll ask 10, 20 times this dua. Or my son and daughter end up marrying this wealthy person. How much emphasis asking left and right? And how many youth will send text messages? Today is my organic chemistry exam. Today is my MCAT. Today is my LSAT. Please make dua, which is, this is great. But where do we see the request for du'a? I want to study ilm Please can you make an announcement in Jummah That I want to study ilm Please make du'a I'm having a lot of obstacles I've never yet I've yet to receive one request so far Yet to receive one request People come to me I'm having problems Shaykh Inshallah next year Okay how many tears did you shed for this? How many fasts did you keep? How much sadaqah did you give? Okay then Be honest You don't actually mean it then Because if you really meant it You would have done all of this that's what it is, Mujahada. To, to follow the deen in this day and age, remember this, it's not easy. To reach to where you all are sitting right now for this tafsir, you all who are sitting here, listen to me, you have to go through a lot to come here. You might not realize that. But it requires a lot of commitment. Because invitations of shaitan are everywhere else. To come here, you really have to make some serious commitment with Allah, and you have to be chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do that. So... Beloved friends, when we come to gatherings of knowledge like this and ilm and dhikr, they say چلتا When you come to a place where you're being reminded of Quran and Sunnah We realize where are we? Are we sitting in the front row, back row, middle or outside of the masjid? Otherwise we have no way to measure ourselves. We have no way, how am I doing? The truck driver says in the back, how am I doing? How am I driving? How am I doing? You don't know how you're driving. You don't know how you're doing you need to come to gatherings of knowledge and dhikr on a regular basis and so do I. To sit and listen. And, and these type of gatherings, then you'll get a feel of what's going on with my condition of my soul. Is it in good shape? Or am I going through a heart attack? Or has I already, have I already passed out? And I need to, my heart needs to be resuscitated? We don't know. We might need CPR. It might be really beyond where we're at. We're not gonna find out until you, you, you hook yourself up to the masjid. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, we promise you to give Oh Musa's qawm We promise to give you the book And the injunctions When you come on the Mount Tur And along with that Manna wa salwa. Allah says He, reve- he sent down Man. Man was like a honey like sweet dish Remember every day Fresh nice sweets Imagine that Dessert every day And salwa uh, A quail A special type of a nice tasting bird What am I asking you to do? Eat Eat from the wholesome Eat of the wholesome foods Which we have provided you Eat nicely from what we are providing you But wala تَطْغَوْ Do not transgress therein Meaning it's not sufficient to have halal income And to have halal food But you have to make sure That that halal income and halal food Was Gathered or earned in the proper manner meaning if someone takes the most halal like dates from Medina but you steal it (laughs) that's not halal anymore this is a ajwa brother, ajwa, and you're stealing it that's not halal so no matter how many times something is sacrificed how how many times something is sacrificed in a halal manner if a person earns it or steals it in a manner that is not permissible it's called Tughyan it's called transgressing okay and similarly Overeating, overindulging, that is also called transgressing. If you transgress in all of this, what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, My wrath shall befall you. My wrath shall befall you. And whomsoever my wrath befalls, he is truly fallen from the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The if you transgress against the orders of Allah and do what you're not supposed to do, then Allah Subhanahu Taala's anger will fall upon you. Meaning, we will fall from the esteem of Allah Subhanahu Taala. We'll fall from the esteem of Allah, and falling from the esteem of Allah is worse than falling from the top of Mount Everest. That's the worst possible thing that could happen: is for a person to fall from the esteem of Allah Subhanahu Taala. Allah says, "If you earn My wrath, you have fallen. You have fallen from My esteem. You have fallen from My grace." There's a beautiful poem where the poet says, tahlu, wal mariratun." How I wish, O oh Allah, that you, that you will be sweet, and, and for me, mariratun, and life may be as bitter as it wants, but as long as you are sweet for me, that's enough. And how I wish that you would be happy with me even if the entire humanity is angry at me. And how I wish the relationship and the path between me and you, between you and I, Ya Allah, is protected and is populated with many blessings. وبين and the path between me and the rest of the creation is empty. إِذَا صَحَّ Oh Allah, if you choose to remain connected to me, then all difficulties of this world become easy to bear. If you choose to allow me to be connected to you, then all difficulties of this world become easy to bear. And every single thing that lies above the ground or the mud soil is actually soil itself. Hai. Bas, do ki miti hai. Miti hai, sab. It is turab. It is turab tah tal ard or turab fokal ard. Like in kulu shay, turab. Even a 100 meter, 200 meter, or, or a 900 meter skyscraper is turab. It's mud, soil. It's from the ground, we will go back. We took you out from the ground, we'll take you back into the ground. That's what it is. The reality is that a person should make a strong effort to see he or she should never fall into from the esteem of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's mentioned as a story in certain books, that a, a, a certain a, 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 a stone made shikaya to Allah. A stone spoke to Allah. Because a stone does a dhikr as well. And the stone said, Ya Rabbi, took a khamsina sana. Oh Allah, I worshipped you for 50 years. How did you put me at a base and a foundation of this such and such filthy place? A brick can be used anywhere. So I'm now being used to be in a foundation of a bathroom or a toilet. Why did I get this? While well, I worship you for 50 years. So the answer that was given to, to the stone is a saying, تَأَدَّبْ hajar." Oh, O oh stone, have etiquette. Be careful how you speak. If لَمْ أَجْعَلْكَ فِي مَجْلِسِ ظَالِمٍ Thank, you, thank, thank your Lord that He did not place you in the court of a oppressive judge. What does that mean? Meaning, no matter if you are in the bottom of a bathroom, but it is far better for you to be there than to help assist a transgressing king, or a transgressing human being. Meaning, that transgressing human being, judge or, or king, he has fallen from the esteem of Allah. He is the worst scum on the earth, frankly speaking, when he is oppressing people. Now for you to be utilized in any way to help him, that's the worst possible thing you could be. You'd rather be in the bottom of a toilet and help build something else than be assisting an oppressive king. What does this tell us? That no matter what the world may think of us, you, you and I have to ask ourselves, what is the status you and I have with Allah? That's the main thing. Let us not allow the praises of the people, our status at work, our business card, or our bank balance get to our head, and to make us think we're something. Instead, we should always be asking ourselves, where am I in relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this is a beautiful uh, you know, ayah, much to think about and we will continue. I just want you to know that you know, wherever Allah speaks about punishment, He always speaks about mercy. So the next ayah is about the forgiveness of Allah, and we will continue from this verse, inshallah. ta'ala next week we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whatever he said and share uh, that whatever was shared I'm sorry whatever I, I shared here today I ask Allah that, to make it a reality for my life and your life and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, save us from following the path of the transgressors amina rabbil alameen so this is uh, for, uh, for the slido here uh, you can uh, type in 204 uh, for the um, uh, after going to the website Slido.com Or uh, QR code And um, we ask uh, uh, Those sisters and brothers Who actually have A lot of questions fifty questions are not, That they need uh, Fatwas on I want to refer you To the website Masjidds.org uh, Forward slash question Masjidds.org Forward slash question Where, where our darul ifta Will answer those questions Inshallah But simple piece of advice Especially related to What we spoke about today If you've got to ask Please do so Inshallah And then we will complete With, with dhikr of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And du'a If a person lies in order to get a job on a resume Is the money earned from that job considered haram income? So lying on a paper is haram Of course lying for a job interview is haram That's a mistake But that does not invalidate every single thing That will not necessarily make everything that a person earns haram afterwards Allah knows best Someone says, how do you help fix someone's family structure if they hate their family? So dear brother or sister, please give a little, be a little, elaborate on this question Exactly what does it mean A family structure You want to fix the family structure What exactly is the situation If you need to email us afterwards you know, Email me afterwards Or or reach out to me Sure, no problem But I need to have a little bit more detail Behind this question Should we fast and sadaqah for worldly needs? Of course All needs You utilize a'mal to get things done Give sadaqah, fast Pray to rakaat salatul haja Ask others to make dua for that If the work from home Is not turning out productive Does the salary become haram? We're gonna, this is a tough question huh? All of us are thinking. Please brother Can we move on to the next question? I mean the thing is If you're, if you're cheating your, 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 your company Then yeah of course that's not right I mean you have to see yourself What are you doing? So you say I'm not able to do the work at home Then move out to a place But whatever job has been given to you You must get it done can I shorten my Dhru sharif to sallallahu alaihi wasallam if I want to incorporate more salawat? Yes, you can. sallallahu alaihi muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is better to say at least Muhammad's name. So do this sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You, you're able to do it twice. It's counted as twice. What is the best way to fall in love with Allah? One of the best ways I spoke about here after Isha two nights ago is to what Walanna Choksi Saab advised one of our colleagues was to do muraqabatun ni'am to think and ponder over Allah's blessings. Every single day, think for five minutes after Isha, after Fajr, at home, and before you go to bed, at work. Think about all the blessings you and I are enjoying from Allah. The more you think about it, the more you realize how much He has done for us. And when you re- as soon as you and I realize that, immediately it will become easy for us to begin to love Him. How do you come to terms with the severity of one's sin without falling into despondency? Okay, that's a balance you have to strike. You have to read and listen to the verses of the Quran and hadith of the Prophet about the mercy of Allah. Go listen to one of the talks on the mercy of Allah. There are many talks I have given, many others have given on, you know, Knights of Power, etc. online. There's many, many talks online. Listen to a talk on the mercy of Allah. You need that, right? That's important. So that, don't, the, remember, what, listen to these words. No matter what sin we have done, the sin of losing hope in the mercy of Allah Is a far greater sin than that sin Because Allah says <laughs> Allah didn't say zina is kufr Allah didn't say drinking is kufr Allah didn't say missing salah you know, uh, accidentally is kufr But Allah does say If you lose hope in the mercy of Allah That's kufr If, if you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make things easy, are we actually asking something bad for our deen? Absolutely not. You've been taught to ask Allah for afiyat. Rasulullah SAW said the best dua you can make, the best blessing Allah can give you is, is, is ease and well-being. Because we are, don't know how we will handle difficulty. If He throws difficulty at you, then ask for patience. But don't ask for difficulty. Tughyan for rizq means... To, uh, to earn in a haram manner To, uh, over, uh, to overindulge in the sustenance To um, uh, buy and sell in an in, 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 in improper manner uh, you know, it just, That's what it means The risk is not just about eating or consuming It needs to be the method of earning needs to be halal The method of consuming needs to be halal The method of earning and selling needs to be halal What you're actually in, eating and enjoying also needs to be halal Can tazkiyat be accomplished with less amounts of dhikr? Well, dhikr is a component of it, but tazkiyah doesn't happen only with dhikr. tazkiyah happens with breaking the habits, bad habits. Right? It's not an easy job. You know, you think power washing the courtyard is difficult. Right? Cleaning your bathroom is difficult. No, subhanallah, tazkiyah is something that will take years and decades. It's, it requires, first of all, it requires suhbah and companionship of a a, a very experienced spiritual doctor and if you don't have access then you have to at least read the books of the experienced spiritual doctors and you have to focus on removing one after another gluttony uh, uh, ego love for dunya lustful desires uh, ostentation show uh, you know all these type of sins that we have of the heart they need to be worked upon and removed Interest money, you cannot have expectations of reward for it You can give it to sadaqah to anyone Just don't, if you're, don't tell that this is haram interest money I'm giving you Just give it out without the expectation of any reward If a person suffers an injury or sickness that takes him away from the masjid Does this mean it is a calamity from Allah? A, cal- a simple thing is that if you are Getting closer to Allah in that calamity Then that is not an azab And if you're getting further from Allah in that calamity Then that is a punishment
0: Yes okay.
1: yeah, that's another, give the for that afterwards. If a, my friend is eating haram And if he gives me a treat at any restaurant Am I consuming haram? Oh, he's earning So when a person If, he, if a person buys you a burger But now at the time Where he you know, buys it to you and the money switched hands from him to the restaurant owner and then the restaurant owner gives you a burger then that is acceptable the role of dhikr is to keep free you from the grasp of shaitan that's what what it does it makes you helps you remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it helps you free yourself from the grasp of shaitan
0: huh?
1: for students of ilm how do we increase memory one great way is to m- guard your gaze. Right? Famous statement of Imam Shafi'i. I'm sure if you're a student of knowledge, you already heard this. <laughs> Imam Shafi'i complained to Imam Waki' that he says, I have weak memory. Right? His weak memory was obviously better than our whole masjid and our whole community's memory collected together. Right? So he said, How do I improve it? And he said, He instructed me to p- be careful from committing any sins. Again, Imam Shafi'i, if he committed sins, he wouldn't be, we wouldn't be taking his name today. Right, So yani what small minor sins, mistakes also Be super careful Why? Because indeed the ilm is the nur from Allah And the nur of Allah will not be given to a disobedient servant You may gain information But you will not get the nur of ilm with sin Yes, you can give interest money to a Muslim without saying anything That is correct It, uh, it is better to memorize the Quran or tafsir If you're trying to increase your knowledge Subhanallah brother, do both. Right? You can, you can do one ayat a day. Like Surah Taha. If you just, how many ayats I cover? I think most of us could do this in a week. Don't you think so? If We cover about five lines, six lines a week. You could do that. One line a day. One line maximum, two lines a day. So why not, whatever tafsir we are covering, if you cover memorize those same surahs, this would be something so beautiful. May Allah make it easy for me and all of you to inshallah practice on this. Um, Alhamdulillah. I wanted to just uh, thank everyone for their participation in the uh, weekend's uh, Divine Reality event. It was uh, beautiful to see so many people come and benefit. Those of you uh, who know, uh, people who wanted who need to hear some of those things, Alhamdulillah, that's available on our website. The book is there, the Divine Reality book uh, PDF is available. There may be some books in the bookstore as well, a few copies left. If you need to c- purchase a hardcover copy, please get it from here. Um, and uh, Inshallah, look forward to having Ustad Fahad Taslim again here and Sapiens Institute and what's that called? Um, his institute's name uh, and Light Harbor, um, what is it called? Lighthouse, Lighthouse Mentoring right, Lighthouse Mentoring It offers a lot of programs so they have videos, detailed videos of all of their events I'm sorry, all of their classes you can actually enroll in one of those classes online and then you'll have quizzes and exams etc. everything so I encourage all the fathers and mothers who are listening to me here inshallah go visit that website of Lighthouse um, uh, Mentoring and learn and benefit f- and allow your children uh, to um, to benefit from that as well, inshallah. Let's t- make a, a few moments for a few minutes of dhikr, and then we have some dua requests as well for members of our community who are sick.
0: La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ilaha illa 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 La ilaha illallah 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 Laila ilaha illallah Laila ha illallah la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sell the law who Adam Mohammed Sell sallallahu law who are they he was seldom. Sell Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Adam Mohammed Sell the law who are they he was seldom. Sell the law who Adam Mohammed Sell the law who are they he was seldom. Sell the law who Allahuada Mohammed Sallallahuade he was seldom. Sell the law who Adam Mohammed Sallallahuade he was seldom. Sell the law who Adam Mohammed Sallallahuade he was seldom. Sell the law who Adam Mohammed Sallallahuade he was seldom. استغفر الله 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 a stamp in a law, a stamp in a law, a stamp in a law, a الله استغفر <تصفيق> الله استغفر 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 الله الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم اليه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم انت السلام انك السلام الجلال اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم انا نحسث انا عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك
1: اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفي مرضانا المسلمين الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفي مرضانا المسلمين الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفي مرضانا المسلمين نسال الله رب العظيم رب أنا يغادي راسقمة الله علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا الله من أن سرقت وفيق أهل الهدا وعمل أهل اليقين الله من نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبدانا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنية والهدا إنك على كل شيء قدير الله من أن سألوك ابن خديم أ سألك منه النبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعودك من شري مستعذك من نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة يعماصفنا وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Mean. One announcement, inshallah, for those of us, you know, for those who are listening online. For the rest of us, of course, I, you know, I'll make an announcement after Isha. This weekend, inshallah, the uh, the um, uh, program will begin on Saturday and Sunday. Tafhim program will begin. So please, uh, uh, if you want to study part-time Islamic studies, your high school students, college students, yourself, working professionals, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Alhamdulillah, this course has been taking place from 2014. We have 24 courses that cover basic Islamic studies. It's covered over a period of four years. And Alhamdulillah, this has been happening over here for, as I said, from a long time. So this, e- this semester, we have some amazing classes. We're gonna be covering on Saturday, the fiqh of finance and Uloom Al-Qur'an, the signs of the Qur'an and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's family. And then on Sunday, we're going to cover the fast, the fiqh of fasting, zakah and hajj, the seerah of the Madani period and the signs of the hour. These are offered on site for men and women and online for men and women across the globe. Anyone can join these classes. So please go check on our website, masjidds.org forward slash Tafim. I know so many of you have asked me, oh brother, is there any online class? Please let me know what's happening, this, that. SubhanAllah, now it is, I'm telling you, it's here. It starts this Saturday and Sunday, please don't miss out And those of you uh, who are still interested, local especially The one-year program starts um, also on Monday So the one-year program starts on one, oh, Monday and then the, the, the train departs And then the next option will be next August So we will not take in any students after that So if anyone local especially here want to join or learn about the one-year program It's called the 10 Tanwir Intensive, you can learn the details on, on-site um, on- and online And that starts this August and similarly sunday school inshallah will be ta'ala starting as well ages 6 to 15 um, so you've got you can come adults join the tafeen program and bring your ages 6 to 5, 6 to 15 young youngsters to join the sunday school as well we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make these all these programs a means of our guidance and the guidance of, of thousands of other people and may he accept the efforts of all those who are working behind the scenes for this Subhanallah, wa Subhanahu bihamdik
0: nashhadu wa la ilaha illa ant nastaghfiruka wa natubu wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh